everybody. Welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. I'm Dale. And today we are going to be talking about a bunch of shit. A few things uh, in particular. We'll also be giving some stuff away. Uh, Dale's going to have the details uh, of that for you. Um, in fact, you want to cover that first so that the, they know that there's something. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're going to be giving away a couple packs. A Japanese War of the Spark pack. A promo pack from Kaldheim. Uh, I can't think of the other pack off the top of my head right now because it's already packaged up. And the uh, Strixhaven uh, promo poster that local game stores get one of. So we'll be giving that away. And at some point in this episode, we'll give out the passphrase probably in the middle of the episode. And uh, yeah, so you can just DM me at MTG underscore survivalist or the commander's vault on Instagram, either one of those. And that'll get you entered in to the giveaway uh so i guess first off we'll we'll start with the strixhaven spoilers that we've got so far the two uh planeswalkers that have been spoiled um so we have what is it uh professor onyx uh which is a new style of planeswalker that uh, mark rosewater had hinted that we would see this new style which would be a Liliana Planeswalker that doesn't have Liliana in the actual name of the card. Mm. Uh, but anyway, the, the Planeswalker is a six mana, so it's four colorless, two black, for uh, a five loyalty Liliana Planeswalker. <clears throat> now, it has a static ability, kind of like the War of the Spark Planeswalkers, it has the ability is called Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. It has a plus one of you lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Uh, minus three. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures that player controls. And a minus eight. Each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Then repeat this process six more times. So, yeah, there's. it's pretty cool. I mean... She learned how to cast Torment of Hailfire. Yeah, Torment of Hailfire and the uh, Pseudo Ponder or uh, Brainstorm mm -hmm. on a black Planeswalker is pretty dope. I mean... Dude, it's all about the static. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. Some of the spells that really synergize with this type of uh, Planeswalker are just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, uh, I guess might as well hit on it because uh, a ton of people already have. But uh, yeah, with that static ability, you can basically storm off with uh, Chain of the Chain of Smog from uh, I believe Onslaught Block is when it came out. But uh, basically, it says uh, target opponent discards two cards, and then that player can copy that spell. I think it's target player. Yeah, target Yeah, target player cuz you target yourself. Exactly. And you yeah. discard your whole hand but you just keep targeting yourself and casting it again. Yep, over and over and triggering uh Professor Onyx here and she just kills the entire table, which personally I don't think it's the greatest combo in the game. I think it's more of like a casual combo like sure, like if you get it to go off that's awesome, like it costs 8 mana to actually get it to go off 
and I would assume if you're doing that, you're probably casting Onyx first and then casting it in the same turn, like, because you don't want to have her removed, you know? So, I don't know. I think it's, like, it's a cool combo. Probably see some wins with it, but I don't think it's anything crazy like Oracle, Demonic Fish, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, definitely it being a two-card combo, and I believe Chain of Smog might be an instant. I'm not sure. Uh, no, it's, it's a sorcery. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the fact that you only need one card to finish it out once the Planeswalker is on the board, because honestly, her her plus her plus one and her minus are not that great, right? Yeah. Uh, so it might be a little innocuous. No one might think about it. Like, who cares? That no one's gonna really care if you're pondering. Yeah. Really, or you know, brainstorming. But uh, then you hit them with that chain of smoke, and they die. So yeah. then it's like they have to have that. They have to have that like bedevil or something to get rid of Lily on the chain trigger. Yeah. Because you can you can do it in response. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's going to be one of those things where you're going to kill the table maybe a couple times with this, and then after that, like, everyone's going to yeah, be Yeah, like, she'll be focused down. Yeah, it's not going to go off. I mean, I do like the minus eight, though. I mean, the Torment to Hailfire, like, for minus eight, and, like, say they don't have a hand, they're taking 21, what, 18 or 21? 21. Damage. Seven times three. Just, like, rip like that. I mean, pretty cool. I like it. It's okay. Personally, I don't like the artwork, and I don't like the whole idea, like of Lily being the uh, hall. I'm disguised as this. It's like I don't know. You don't like the artwork? I mean, not really. Not for Liliana. I mean, it just doesn't. To me, it just doesn't remind me of Liliana. Like, I don't know. I think why. that's the point. I think it's supposed to be. It was like a a little gotcha. You know, you we see the spoiler, and well, I mean, at least on Twitter, the crop is just. Professor Onyx, and you're like, oh shit, what is this? And you click on the picture, and it just says Legendary Planeswalker Liliana. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I find it interesting, I guess, lore wise. Like, well, you know, she's on this plane disguised as a professor and all that. Like, I mean, that's kind of cool, but I don't know. I don't know. And uh, the second one, uh, a Simic Walker. I hope everybody doesn't have PTSD from Oko. Yeah. Uh, three mana Simic, wa- Simic Walker. Oh no! I think this one's a little bit better balanced. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slightly. Uh, is Kazmina is Enigma Sage? Uh, she also has a static. It says each other Planeswalker you control has the loyalty abilities of Kazmina Enigma Sage. So uh, her abilities are plus two and Scry one, minus X. Create a zero zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X one one counters on it. Or her negative eight. Search your library for an instant or sorcery that shares a color with this planeswalker. Exile that card, then shuffle. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. She starts at two loyalty, which is kind of suck. Yeah. But if you're if you're coming from Oko, seems like a decent nerf. Yeah, I definitely think that's why they made it too. Like a three mana planeswalker, they always seem to make those ones just either way busted or just crap. So I feel like this is pretty good. Because I mean, what was the uh, Nissa Steward of Elements, and that's kind of really blech. Yeah, 
uh, Nar set you had, which was, is like <laughs> real good. The from War of the Spark Nar set. Oh yeah. Like I think that card's just ridiculously good for three mana. Oh definitely. I mean Ashiok. Yeah. Yep. The War of the Spark Ashiok. Yeah, I, I like this card a lot though. I really do. I mean, especially that it's Simic, it's in green. We just got freaking Vorinclex uh, comes in, and now all of a sudden it's like really good with Vorinclex around, which maybe not the most efficient, but if you're for some reason late game drawing this after you already have Vorinclex in, in play and that hasn't been removed yet, it's definitely going to tick up real quick to its alt. And aside from those... The only other spoilers that we've gotten from Strixhaven are the commands. Yeah. Right. Um, now, the commands were also the the house names or whatever you want to call them. Witherbloom command, Silver Quill command, Quandrix command, Lorehold command, and Prismari uh, command. And I think a couple of these are decent. Um, I think Witherbloom's pretty decent. I think it'll at least see some sideboard action in Modern. Uh, Prismari, I think, is arguably one of the best ones for its mana cost. It's also an instant. Um... Quandrix is pretty decent as well. Lorehold, uh, it's red-white. <laughs> it has one good effect, and if you could choose more effects, the effect more than once, then maybe. But it's yeah. only yeah, the only good effect on the Lorehold command is sack a permanent, draw two cards. Yeah, and they made it five CMC. Now it is an instant, but it's five CMC. Yeah, like holy fuck. The Silver Quill Command is a 4-drop. It's 2, a black, and a white. And um, it is target creature gains plus 3, plus 3, and flying. Uh, return target creature card with mana value 2 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Target player draws a card and loses 1 life. Target opponent sacks a creature. Um, I can only ever see you using, I don't know, probably 2 of these modes. The return target creature and the sacking creature. Paying four for someone to draw a card and lose a life kind of sucks real yeah. hard. Yeah, definitely. Um, Witherbloom's cost is pretty good. It's just a black and a green. Target player mills three cards. Then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, destroy target non-creature, non-land, permanent with mana value two or less. Target creature gets neg three, neg one until end of turn. Target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. I think... That one's probably all the modes, maybe except the game drain, are pretty uh, pretty good. The milling three cards return a land. That's any land. You don't have to mill the land with the, the effect. So someone blows up your guy's cradle, your Nykthos, your yeah. you know you return your own strip mine. You know you need to strip mine somebody again. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, destroy target non-creature non-land permanent with mana value 2 or less yeah that's just good yeah artifacts ramp uh, equipment 
Especially the spell being only two mana. If somebody's playing that fast mana rocks, you know, zero mana rocks or soul ring or whatever, and, and you're just, just being able to clapping pull. their mana rocks, yeah. I think this would feel just as good as a turn one Vandal Blast on a soul ring. Yeah, especially in something like uh, uh, freaking Marin, you know? Somebody yeah. gets off to a quick start in Marin, and you're like, okay, we're going to... We're gonna blow up your uh, mana rock, and I'm gonna mill three, like, dice. Yeah, Prismari is one a blue and a red for an instant. It says deals two damage to any target. Uh, target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. Target player creates a treasure token. Target destroy target artifact. Uh, that's pretty cool. It has a little rampiness. You can put the treasure token out. Um, it's an instant, so you can, you know, zap something on the end of their turn and ramp you the treasure. I think that's cool. Yeah. Destroying artifacts is always good. And I think in this post-Hull Breacher world, um, or even Narset, the War of the Spark Narset, this is target player discards two cards. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like it. I mean, I definitely think this this will see play for sure. I'm gonna play it. Like, uh, what's uh, Riel? Like, dude, that that card's great for Riel. I mean, yeah, instant speed on somebody else's turn, draw and discard. So that's you know for a Riel deck, that's draw four. Yeah, super good, and blow something up, <laughs> or get a treasure, or talk. get a treasure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, super value. Yeah, I mean, it's very efficiently costed. I think that's the one that you know. Even if that even if that card was a four drop, I'd still probably play it. Yeah. Um, of course, the the Boros one just sucks ass. Uh, it's a five drop, three a red and white. You can make a three two red and white spirit token. Ooh, Ooh wow! <laughs> uh, you can lightning helix somebody. Great. Uh, which is deal three damage to any target target player gains three life. Uh, sack a permanent, draw two cards, the only good mode. And creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and gain indestructible and haste. Now, that and the draw two cards. So I think the drawing two cards one is the best one. I think the creatures gain plus one, plus zero, indestructible and haste is the second best one. I think the lightning helix is third, and then the three, two red and white spirit is the worst. Like I like I like the indestructible and haste thing, but I mean realistically, it's five mana to cast this spell. So like if you've already cast like say a good creature that's probably gonna cost you five mana in order to give it, and you want to give it haste with this, it's like that just costs you ten mana to yeah you know give something haste and have it on board. But I mean, eh, I I I mean the indestructible thing, you know, I mean. It's really just, eh. Yeah, it's just, like, why couldn't they have made this three mana? One colorless, a red, and a white. Like, honestly, I think that that would be totally okay. You could literally leave all the the same things on the Lorehold command and make it three mana. I think you might, you either take away the indestructible, maybe. They just get plus one, plus one, and haste. Yeah. And it's like the Thunderkin Berserker or whatever that is. Thunderkin Brawler. I can't remember. It's, it's one of the old dredge finishers. It literally does that exact same thing. Plus one, plus zero oh in haste to all creatures. Um, yeah. Because, like, 
If you're spending five mana and on, on the back end, you're only getting a three-two spirit. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Like, that's <laughs> that is, bad. That's horrible. Like, I'm just, like, trying to think, like, even in, you know, say you are playing standard or something, like, is that really even going to be a f- that? I feel like that's not even efficient. Like, instant speed, what? You make a 3-2 block and then bolt it's, something and gain three? It's not even... It doesn't even have flying. <laughs> yeah. It's, it just makes a worse insectile aberration. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like it, and I'm like a Boros boy, yeah. you know? Like, I play a lot of Boros. You play a lot of Winota. Yeah. Play a lot of Connors. Arden, yeah. Like, and this is just, no, I, I'm yeah. not a fan. And then the last one is Quandrix Command. <laughs> it's a Simic uh, three-drop, so one green and blue. Uh, it is an instant, of course. And return target creature or Planeswalker to its owner's hand. That's pretty standard. Counter target artifact or enchantment spell. Uh, put two one one counters on target creature, or target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. Uh, I think this is the most toolboxy one. Um, you can really out tempo somebody. Uh, say they play creature turn two, and they try and play artifact enchantment turn three. You counter the artifact enchantment, bounce the creature. Now they're back to nothing. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. Uh, I think it's decent for tempo. Uh, I think the target player shuffling three cards from their graveyard into the library. Uh, pretty. I've, I have yet to see, like, a middle-of-the-road, like, recursion strategies that aren't, like, full commit. You know, yeah. like, either you don't give a shit about your grave and you just throw things into it after they're destroyed or you're like I have six reanimation spells I have a rise of the dark realms or some shit you know what I mean like it's yeah. there's there's re- very rarely someone is like oh I'm I have this engine that requires me to get things out of my graveyard and put them in my library or back in my hand or something cuz I just don't think that's I mean maybe if you're trying to save something in your grave like maybe you're playing saltai reanimator and they're like, I'm going to exile your graveyard. Yeah. And then you're just like, okay, I want to save this, this, and this. And then I'll go back into my deck. And everything else can go to hell. But. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the worst. I think that's the worst effect on the thing. I think even putting the 2-2, two, 1-1 two, two, one, one counters on something is better than that. I mean, since I play a ton of green, I don't play a lot of green-blue. But I play a lot of green. And the one card that always just royally screws me over no matter what is freaking spore frog so i mean i'm gonna target the spore frog every freaking time and shuffle that right back into your deck like get rid of that i marin playing that or any deck that plays that Montrotha, I marin something that always has access to bring it back yep i always need ways to get rid of it it weirdly um i think it's worth noting that on this simic instant there's no draw card option yeah, that is there's, interesting. There's nothing that says draw a card. Like, honestly, I thought I misread it. I was like, target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into the library, draw a card, was what I thought was going to say. But it doesn't. So, it's weird that a Simic spell has no draw a card option on it. Not one. Yeah. Interesting. Definitely. Um, uh, one thing I did want to say, too, about the... Uh, 
the the school names. Uh, it was I can't remember if it was like Gavin Verhe or Rosewater or who said, but apparently the names of the schools are the names of elder dragons that will be found on the plane. And they didn't confirm whether or not it's going to be in the main set or what, but I'm going to assume they're going to be in the main set. But yeah, so we're getting uh, new elder dragons and they are named according to the school names because the schools are named after them. So Sick. I thought that's kind of cool. Some new elder dragons. Hopefully they're dope. I mean, it'd be cool to get I mean, they just re they re-upped the old Elder Dragons in what Dominaria. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, or or no, it was, no, M- it was a- no, I think it was M twenty nineteen. One of those. A two. corset. corset. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> just cover all the bases. Just say corset. Corset. Yeah, yep. too easy. Uh, yeah, they redid all the old elders, which was pretty cool. And now, if we get some new elders, maybe they'll be just as cool. I think the the elders that they re-updated. They didn't feel as strong as they could have been. Yeah. They seemed a little bit, like, nerfed for some reason to me. I mean, what was it? Chromium, I think, was the weirdest fucking one. It, like, becomes, like, a 1-1 hexproof human or some shit. The mutable. Yep. I was like, I like the old Chromium card. (laughs) I'm so confused. I mean, I'm a... I like magic lore. I, I don't know the lore about chromium that much. Maybe it's just above me, but I have no fucking idea. But yeah, those are the those are the seven cards that we have seen from Strixhaven thus far. I want to see the Phyrexians. Give me Phyrexian Jingataxis as the the bad guy. Yeah, Voldemort Gataxius. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Something. Yeah. I mean, it's it seems to just fit right in there. Cookie cutter. The guy who does all the magic research goes to the magic researchy place. Yeah, and he has no nose. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so he's Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. He's just uh, he's just Voldemort. He tricks everyone, and they think he's a cool professor, and he turns out to be super evil, and then they all have to fight him in the end. Yeah. 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 That sounds great. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I guess right now uh, it's kind of fitting. We'll do the uh, the passphrase for the giveaway. So uh, the Strixhaven School is located on the passphrase, which is Arcavios. That is the name of the plane that the school is located on. So Arcavios is the passphrase. So make sure you uh, DM that to MTG Survivalist or Commander's Vault. Uh, Instagram page and you'll be entered in the giveaway. So yeah, yeah, don't miss it. That that strict saving poster is pretty cool. Plus, who doesn't like to open packs? Yeah, yeah, Especially. definitely a Japanese or the Spark pack. Oh yeah, who knows? Good, you might you pull know. that foiled. Foil Lily. Yeah, foil Amano Lily, thousand bucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Woof. Um, oh, dude, I'm a bit jelly. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> It's like, sure, we want to give that away. You know, we could just crack it right now. <laughs> no one would know. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so, also, this is just post-Time Spiral Remastered release. Um, as we talked about uh, previously, the shifted rare foils are 
fucking bonkers right now. Especially the ones people are trying to crack play sets of. 300 to four, $350 to $400 for a foil time-shifted Thoughtseize. Yeah. 450 for a foil time-shifted Chalice of the Void. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe the prices. And the fact that the allotments were so low, the print runs low, it's just like... It's, this was a very predictable, perfect storm of these cards are going to be worth a fuckload of money. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, though, the uh, non-foil time-shifted cards, I mean, uh, let's say, I think Ponder. Ponder was pre-sailing for like $65 for the non-foil old border. Them, you they're at stupid. like they're at like twenty bucks. You gotta feel stupid. <laughs> you got just burned. Yeah, if you if you pre-ordered those motherfuckers at sixty five dollars, good. <laughs> Fuck you. Like get get, destro- get absolutely get destroyed. Oh my god. Like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I, I don't know. That that's got to feel horrible. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it. It was predictable though. Like I guess maybe new players might have like fallen into that like. FOMO, like they had to get it, so they pre-ordered it. But if you look at the old like uh, future site set and the like time shifted cards in there or the alternate borders in that, I mean the non-foil versions of those alternate borders, they are you know pretty much worthless. They're not not worth anything. But the foil versions of them, you know they they fetch a pretty yeah. penny. So I mean it's pretty predictable. Well, like. Me being a boomer, I remember opening those cards. I remember opening Time Spiral and Future Sight and being like, you know, I think, what was it? Nactyl, Nakatl Warblade or something. It's just like a vanilla cat that had the new frame. It was like the first new frame card I ever pulled. Uh, in that pack, the rare was a Tarmogoyf. Um Nice. Yeah. I, listen, before before Modern was a format, Tarmogoyf was garbage. It was not a good card. And then the week they announced it, Tarmogoyfs were 120 bucks, and I sold mine for 90 bucks. Hey. Hey. Sounds and good to me. It stayed at 150 200 bucks forever. And then they printed it into the dirt, which is what should happen to everything. Yeah, I they agree. should they should print every two demand every high demand card into the dirt. Yeah. And it's like Tarmogoy said like eight printings. Yeah. Like eight printings is still a thirty buck thirty dollar card. Yeah, like I, I mean I can definitely thirty dollars is way more reasonable than a hundred dollars for a card. Like thirty dollars should be the top end in my opinion for like magic cards. Like thirty bucks, man, that's that's already kind of expensive, especially if you're playing like any format that isn't a singleton format, and you Correct. have to have a playset. It's like, man, you might as well just go buy a PS5 and play, you know, some video games, or buy it, build a new PC and play Arena. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't support Arena, so buy the actual cards. It's way better. Yeah, just buy the cards. <laughs> you have something for your money other than uh, data and code. Yeah, you know. It's a little little less of a risk. Um, but yeah, so the time spiral, I think, was, like we talked about, was a very predictable, very, you know, easy to foresee and jump on. I mean, the I'm not sure what the foil shifted thought sees pre-ordered at. 
I did I think it was going to be almost a $400 card by itself? I thought it'd be like in the 250 range, 100%, because you got to think if you're you're not going to have a single shifted foil old border uh Thoughtseize in your deck, you're going to want four. Yeah. You got to have those motherfuckers matching, you know. You have to. You have to. So, you get those people out there buying full sets, you're running out the supply. Those things are fucking one to a box. Yeah. The foil shifted cards are one to a box. So one out of 90 boxes has a foil shifted uh, thought season in it yeah. on average. Yeah, yeah I, that's what I've seen. It was, like, it was like 93 or something like that. If you were looking for a specific old foil, yeah. you'd have to open up 93 boxes. Like now you're trying to get four. So. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know that, you know, that the... The people who had the high allotments, they cracked cases of this shit just to just to pull those foils. And then I think it would be hilarious if they cracked cases to get those foils and they get shit on. <laughs> You're you get like a foil fucking trash secret plans. Your foil shifted card is secret plans. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you got absolutely <laughs> shit on. You know get dunked on hundred percent. No sympathy. Yeah, I, I've lost, like, all all sympathy or remorse for, like, the investor class on uh, on Magic now. It's it's just gotten so out of control ridiculous now that it's, it's just, like, ruining the game of Magic. Like, it's taking the enjoyment away from the game because every freaking card that gets spoiled or that comes out in a set that's even maybe slightly has potential, all of a sudden it's just buy out hardcore skyrockets in price and then it's just like then you just barely even see them around and yeah. it's just like i don't even want to buy that i'm not paying that much for it I, I refuse to pay that much money for a card like if you cracked a case like of this product uh instead of like trying to get it out into the wilderness then i hope that you pulled four foil field of ruins right <laughs> like I, I hope that you got Blighted Woodland as your foil time shifted card. Good. Like, not to mention, like, I mean, dude, this set was made to draft for people who were not around when the original set came yeah, out and yeah, they yeah, wanted yeah. to get that draft experience. But then what happens is all the dudes with super deep pockets come in, buy up the entire store's allotment, and then just rip open the boxes and the packs just because they want to try to get those chase cards. And then all of the newer players who wanted to draft that set, well, they just all got screwed and can't draft it now because already the booster boxes are skyrocketing in price online because the print run was like yeah. so low. It's like It just defeated the entire purpose because of those really deep-pocketed like you know players out there that just wanted to rip open the packs to get their foils when it's like bro just go online and buy the freaking card if you want it that bad yep yeah yeah it's oof but that's a that's another that's a different rant i'm pretty sure you could <laughs> that's a whole episode click on the last 10 episodes and at some point on those episodes we've talked about that in some form or another yeah i mean personally i've seen in the last probably two months like Quite a few people mention it on my posts on Instagram that they're just getting out of magic and switching to flesh and blood or like a, a diff different TCG just because they're just like, eh, you know, it's just magic's just getting stupid, silly with the pricing and, you know. 
And it's really, that's where they're pushing it. I don't think, you know, that it's going to change, to be honest. I think it's, I think the only place it's going to go is worse. Yeah. So, one of those, you know, either you're strapped in and you're, this is your, this is what you got, <laughs> and you're just going to keep playing and getting fucked, like me, or you're going to sell out. Like, I mean, I love Magic, and I'm definitely going to keep playing, you know. Yeah. But am I going to spend, you know, what oh, I used to spend? Yeah. No. Keep, like, still playing versus still buying are two entirely different spectrums, especially if you're keeping all your money on the secondary market. So, like, if I take my 10 dual lands that I have, I sell them, and then I only buy from local game stores, singles, and, uh, you know, like, deal groups on Facebook and stuff like that. Wizards will never see a penny of my money. Yeah. Ever. Like, not in my capacity. You know, it's just, it is how it is. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta vote with your money. Yeah, I mean, so. I used to be that guy who would be like, ooh, this set comes out? Okay, let me buy four booster boxes or let me buy a case. Not anymore. Now I'm like, eh, maybe I'll get one one box, maybe. And that's if I like the set. If I don't, it's like, eh, okay. I'll try to wait until I see the five singles from the set I want and I'll try to trade for them. Or, you know, if the LGS has them, I'll, I'll buy them from him. You know? Yeah, I mean, even me, I'm a, I'm a whale it's as far as... Uh magic goes and I've toned down my spending as well I mean like yeah some secret layers in the future might be cool you know if they do a if they do a Lord of the Rings secret layer I'm buying it <laughs> yeah like I really because I care about Lord of the Rings not because it's a magic the gathering set you know like yeah. same with the Warhammer 40k I want to just see, like, what they're going to do with it. And if it's cool, buying it, you know. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, the Lord of the Rings thing definitely has my interest peaked. I could definitely, I could see myself maybe buying this one. Like, I, I have not bought a secret layer yet since they came out. I might get that one. But which, if I do, one? I'm grading them. Uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, that yeah. would be maybe the only one so far out of all of them that have came out that I was like, eh, I, I kind of want to buy that. And if I do buy it, then I'm just immediately going to send them to get graded. Because I don't even want to play with them. I just, I'll proxy them if I want to play with them, you know? I want them graded so I can have them as like a display in my house because like Lord of the Rings is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I just want to build a Space Marine Commander deck. That's all I want to do. <laughs> you know, we get that, that shit coming in 2022. Uh, but that's that's real far away. Last but not least, we're going to be uh, doing a little segment on some of our favorite artifacts. So, uh, one of the most you know utilized types of card in Commander. Everybody runs artifacts, at least one. You're at least running Soul Ring, you know, in a 99.9% of decks. I think there was a while where you weren't running Soul Ring, Dale, because you were boycotting it in your Yorvo deck or something like that and you're like I don't need this but then put it in yeah there was a, a little bit there I didn't put in there but I mean I felt that was a tactical decision honestly like straight up like Yorvo's three green why do I need two colorless before I get Yorvo out like I don't for know the two, for the Greaves I'm just like eh, eh. 
<laughs> for the greaves to strap. Yeah, just just out of uh, spite, I guess. You know, you get what mental misstepped on a solar ring a couple times, or on like uh, get your solar ring smelted on on turn one. And then, well, that's you. Then you like, like to do that. Oh, I love to do that. <laughs> turn one vandal blast. <laughs> Punish the solar ring player. Yeah, but <clears throat> we're not going to be speaking about uh, any of the artifact ramp. Um, depending on the type of deck you're running, you want certain amounts of ramp, but a lot of the decks you just want to have some interaction along with a small package of artifact ramp. So it's something that's ubiquitous between all all decks in Commander. So we're not going to be touching on soaring. And you know, if I was to, if like as a CDH player, if my top ten artifacts, if the first six weren't artifacts or like top ten cards in like CDH. The first six weren't like Lotus Petal, Mox Diamond, Mana Crypt, Soul Ring, Mana Vault. Like, what? Those are hands down some of the best. Yeah. So, we're going to be talking about like utility artifacts, things that don't produce mana as their mainstay, um, which we just talked about one. Uh, we're kind of going to lump them together as Swiftfoot Boots and Lightning Greaves. Uh, protection for your dudes. If yeah. you're running a commander-centric strategy, you want to have some evasion on them. So yeah. I definitely the the I, I mean I run those in a, in most decks, but on that like particular thing, I want to throw in uh, commander's plate in there because since that cards came out in Commander Legends, I pretty much run it in like every deck that I have that requires my commander to be out to win the game. Because I mostly play monocolored deck, so it just gives my commander protection from everything, everything but else. the color and plus three, plus three for four mana total for casting and equipping. So that seems pretty good. I usually run Greaves in that now instead of Greaves and Boots. Yeah. Um, so outside of ramp, there's a ton of really fun artifacts that do some pretty cool shit. Um, I think top of my list is Bolas Citadel. Oh, yeah. Bolus Citadel 3 and 3 black for a legendary artifact that says you may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may pay life equal to the CMC, or mana value as now it is, uh, to cast that card from the top of your library. Uh, and then it has an odd tap effect that's sack 10 permanents or something. Yeah. 10 permanents, each person loses 10 life. Yep. Uh, just weird. Uh, weird tap effect. I think I've ever seen it used one time. Uh, but, you know, there's a ton of storm options that come off of uh, Bolus of Citadel. Uh, Sensei's Divining Top can draw you most of your library uh, now that you're in a 40 life format. And I think the most, that's the next artifact that goes with that uh, is also pretty sweet Aetherflux Reservoir. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how many times have you been laser cannoned before? I mean, I'm sure you've had it happen to you a few times. I know it's happened to me plenty. And, uh, yeah, I've run that card in a lot of decks, too. It's just a solid finisher. I mean, just wins game. So, Especially, I like, I like the laser cannon decks that are weird. So, like, Sidri, where you can give it lifelink. Yeah. So you give the... You give the Aetherflux lifelink, deal 50 damage to somebody, gain 50 life, and then deal 50 damage to somebody, gain 50 life. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, 
that even if you're not in the 50 life shoot range, uh, just gaining a life for each spell. Uh, for each spell cast that turn. So, yeah. you know, you gain one, then two, then three, then four, then so on and so forth. Goes well even with non-storm strategies. If you're in the late game of EDH and you're trying to cast two, three spells per turn, you're netting five to seven life, you know, or five to six life. Yeah, I mean, that can really offset, like, you know, a damage being taken throughout the game, like whether you're paying life for stuff or... Or, you know, your opponents are just slowly, you know, playing the drain game. Granted, though, I've never seen an Aetherflux Reservoir make it around the table more than once and either not be destroyed or used to kill everybody. Yeah, it's a pretty big uh, removal magnet. It's a, sp so. it's a spooky artifact. You do, you see that thing come down, you're like, that is a ticking time bomb. And Yeah, nobody likes the Death Star looming yeah, around too Definitely, long. Death Star on the horizon. Um... What was, what was one of yours? Uh, I was going to put uh, Sensei's top on there. I mean, I run that in a lot of decks. It's just solid for, like, any decks, especially because I play a lot of Boros, a lot of, like, white. You need that card so. manipulation. <laughs> Got to be able to do something with the top of the deck because, yeah, you don't have much draw. So I like that, and it just goes well with the other cards that we, you know, listed off. I mean, with Bolas' Citadel, boom, you you know, with Aetherflux Reservoir, it's, like, still even good with that, just being able to look at the top and make sure you can play whatever it is that you're yep. going to draw. Just a solid card in general. I think it's uh, great in any deck. For one mana? I mean... I mean, it is one of those, you like, super powerful, banned and modern, like, it is a very powerful card by itself, whether or not... You know, you feel like you need it. I don't think there is ever a point when it's a waste. It has its own protection. Uh, you can tap it and put it on top of your library if someone tries to destroy it. Unless that person's using Crows and Grip. Like, they should. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're not, then they're just gonna they're just going to put it on top of the deck and laugh at you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, I'm not going to lie... I literally have burnt two removal spells in a row at instant speed just to smite blow up their top. When they go to tap it and to put it on top and draw their card, I'm like, oh, in response, I'm going to blow it up anyway. How do you like that? And then everybody else is pretty much like, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> Dale two-for-ones himself out of spite a lot. Yeah, it's fun. It's all about the it's all about the fun. It's all about the feeling. It's right. all about how you feel at the end of it. Do you feel good? Then it was worse. Yep, yep. Uh, one of my other favorite ones is uh, Alter the Brood. Uh, I've played this in a lot of different decks, whether it's uh, like a Zyrus Wheel, Create Snake Tokens, or or just any deck, my Yorvo deck that just craps out uh, snakes, or not snakes, squirrels. Um, just pretty much any deck that just craps out tokens. A ton i run this in because i mean it's really not a removal target yeah i don't prioritize alter of the brood if i'm playing against somebody not unless i know for a fact that that's their win con like there are some cards uh undead alchemist that says whenever a creature goes to the graveyard from the library you uh exile it and you get a 2-2 zombie yeah so Alter the Brood Mills, everybody, you have a one in three chance 
you know, you hit of everyone creature. having a creature. If you hit three out of three, then you get three more triggers on all of the brood for a total of, like, nine chances to hit another creature. Yeah. So, like, that can end the game by itself. Uh, a lot of, like, my favorite things about the... I used to run that loop a lot, the Undead Alchemist loop, because uh, if you have some tricksy stuff, you can get around Eldrazi shuffle triggers. Mm-hmm. So, when the Drowsy enters the yard, it will enter the yard, trigger itself, and trigger the Undead Alchemist. Because the Alchemist is making it change zones during the ability. So they'll get to shuffle their graveyard, but the Eldrazi gets an exile. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And if your opponents still have creatures, you just keep milling and keep milling until they're dead. Yeah, I like that. Or <coughs> if you have a shit ton of zombies. Yeah. At the at worst, the, at, at the, the very <laughs> worst, you have a bunch of zombies. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that a lot. Uh, I've had some pretty spicy plays with uh, turn one in that, and then like turn two hitting a, a, like a Earthcraft squirrel nest, you know, by turn three win in the game with just infinite squirrels with that on board then you don't have to attack yeah it's just like turn one soul ring alter the brood pass turn two you know squirrel nest yeah it's good squirrel yeah. nest good card <laughs> yeah um yeah definitely definitely like alter the brood I like the other one of the other altars altar of dementia which is uh Sacrifice a creature, target opponent mills, or target player, you can mill yourself. Uh, target player mills equal to that creature's power. Yeah. Um, it's a great sack outlet. Uh, they get you a little extra value from the mill. Well, a lot of people play it not as the win con, but as like a, an extra outlet to increase your Marin count, to get rid of troublesome things like... One of my favorite things to do was steal somebody's thing and then sack it. Yeah. You know, if it's one of those control-changing things, it's like, you get it till end of turn. It's like, yeah, I'll take it till end of turn. Sack it, and you don't get anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Altered Dementia a lot, too. Played it in quite a few decks. Uh, it's definitely fun. Another, uh, another just hands-down, ridiculously good card, Great Henge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Great Henge is definitely one of my favorite artifacts for sure. It plays into what Green wants to do, which is it has a high mana cost, but if you have high power creatures, cancels it out. It draws a card on every creature entering and puts a plus one, plus one counter on it, I believe. Yep. And then you can tap it to add two green and add what, two, two life. life? Yeah. yeah. It's so bonkers, dude. Literally, that card has saved my life. I can't know how many times just from getting that incremental two life every time I tap it for mana. Like, that has literally saved me from losing games multiple times, and it's just a straight engine. Like, By you, itself, ju you yeah. just get going, and next thing you know, it's just like you're drawing six cards a turn, and they're getting buffed, and it's like, boom. You can just uh, go for the overwhelming stampede or the hoof win or whatever, like, really quickly. And, like, the only other, in my opinion, the only other good artifact from that cycle is Embercleave. Yeah. 
People never expect the cleave. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> like, ever. I don't think I've ever seen one person, like, purposely know that the Amber Cleave, Amber cleave is coming. But the fact that it's flash cost reduction on creatures attacking, you can do it in response to blocks so that you can throw it on the creature that's unblocked. Or if you're trying to save your creature that is blocked, you know? Yeah. Like, it has so many different little uses. Yeah, I, I love it. It's it's great, especially like in that Arden in the Arden deck. I have the partner decks. It's straight Voltron. It's like they it they never see it. It'll be like something like, okay, my dude's a six six. They're gonna take it, and they're like, whatever. I'll take, take it this 14, turn. And yeah. then it's just like, woo, flash that in there, and get cleaved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually it's actually become kind of a meme in the CDH. Where Amber Cleave is CDH playable. <laughs> and it's like people getting cleaved with like a crom. <laughs> right, yeah. It's funny. Uh, you know. But, uh, yeah. Cleave is probably the only other good one in that cycle. Uh, so, Henge, Cleave. I think the other two. Was it Magic Mirror? What's the white one? I don't even remember. Yeah. It's like, just... it's that bad. <laughs> uh, what is the white one? It's really... Uh, I can't remember. Is there a white one? I, I'm pretty sure there was a white one. I just can't think of what it was. I think it... Wait. I think it was it a so I think it was a sword as well, maybe? No. Circle of Loyalty. Circle of Loyalty, like, makes a knight. Or uh, something. Like, you cast a creature, you get a knight. Okay. It, like, it's for knight decks. Or some shit. Circle of Loyalty. Yeah. Let's see. Maybe? Um, it is... This spell costs one less to cast for each knight you control. Yep, yep that's Creatures it. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever you cast a legendary spell, create a 2-2 two, two white knight creature token with vigilance. And for three in white tap, create a 2-2 two, two white knight creature token with vigilance. And that is a six mana spell. Trash. Yeah. Yeah. Circle of Loyalty, Trash. Cauldron of Eternity, I think it is? Cauldron of Eternity, Trash. Um, and the Magic Mirror is meh at best. That motherfucker's like 10 mana or some shit. It's like you get cost reduction for each instant or sorcery in your grave. Uh, yeah, it's six colorless and uh, blue, blue, blue for the Nine. spell costs yeah. one less to cast for each instant and sorcery in your grave. You got no maximum hand size at the beginning of your upkeep. Put a knowledge counter on the magic mirror, then draw a card for each knowledge counter on it. It's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. 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 So... That whole cycle was interesting to look at, but when you look at it from a like a decency play playable whatever, it's not that great. Uh, just just the cleave, just the cleave and the henge are the two. I think the henge is like fucking forty bucks. Something. Yeah, like that card is definitely by far the best one and fetches quite a high price. I know the uh, foil versions and the the borderless. Uh, borderless are like ridiculous now. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like one, of, and one of my other favorites is Panharmonicon. Um, and if you're a if you're a fucking Yarok player, you already know um, doubling ETBs is awesome. Like yeah. paying a mana cost and getting an effect for a on a body is like good, but getting that effect twice is usually just fucking insane. Yeah, and it's uh, four colorless, so it's like you can get it out real quick. Yeah. Like early game. And then 
you know, you you drop that Rex Sage, and it's like, yeah, I get to blow up two two problems now, or you know, whatever. I mean, there's way better stuff than Rex Sage, but yeah, I mean, look at look at any Yarok deck, any of those doubled effects are just insanely good. You, I think you wanted to talk about some fucking Oozolith, right? Yeah, the Oozolith. Uh, I really like that card. It's uh, it's only uh, one mana, and I play a lot of like aggro-based decks in green that put counters on things. So uh, for me, it just dominates. Like it makes your recovery so fast that. Uh, and le- I mean, like, don't be shy. Re- green's recovery is not bad by any means. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean, you can recover quickly when it comes to, like, mana, because, like, obviously you're ramping, so you have, like, usually more lands than everybody else, and, like, not a lot of people really target this either, because I think it just doesn't get a lot of play, so a lot of people don't really see the power in it. And And it's not worth blowing up unless it's loaded. Yeah, yep. Like, Like, you can really cripple an like, somebody playing the Ozolith, if you blow up their big all their shit and it just stacks the counters onto it, and then they play something and then try and go to combat, and you're like, ah, in response, I blow up the Ozolith. All those, all that shit goes away. So yeah. It's just like, like I, uh, like, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a one mana artifact, and whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, put those counters on the Ozolith at the beginning of combat on your turn. If the Ozolith has counters on it, you can move all those counters from it on the target creature. So, like, uh, Ikoria, you got Trample Counters, Menace Counters, Death Touch Counters, all that stuff. That all goes on to it, too. So, like, and the thing that I like about it, too, as well, is that it's when it leaves the battlefield. It doesn't have to be killed, you know, destroyed. You know, if it leaves the battlefield for any reason, boom, put them over there. So they try to exile it with swords, boom, you get it. Or if they just, like, blink it or whatever, you know. You swing at them and... You know, they blink your dude out of the way. Guess what? You get all those counters back anyway, and if they remove your creature for some reason and you have other creatures on board, well, guess what? Next combat, you just load up that 1-1 Death Touch Flying B with as many counters as you got on the <laughs> Uzalith and swing that into their face in response, you know? like That, and I mean, it's really good for decks that are tooled to have counters, you know, like your Yorbo deck. Yeah. Your Yorbo just gets exponentially bigger, faster, because the Uzalith collects all those counters when they kill them. Yeah, it's like, you know, you swing that 8-8 Yorbo at somebody, and they destroy it, and then it's like, meh, okay, I'll pay 5, recast him, and then now he's gonna, you know, be a 12-12. Thanks. Like, yeah. It's definitely really good in that deck, but it, it's good in a lot of other decks, too. I mean, definitely green is definitely running with the plus one counter synergy, so if you're running stuff like Hydra Tribal, uh, Gargos, or whatnot, anything like that, uh, even Simic decks that love to put plus one counters on it, whether it's Murpho, Tribal, or whatever, you know, it's definitely a fun one. It, it's definitely a little more niche, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Um, I think one of the things we also decided to steer clear from was equipment. Like, Embercleave, I think we talked about only because it was part of that cycle, and the Henge, those two were, like, the only playables. But, like, you could, like, lump the swords into one. 
Yeah. You know, pick the ones that fit your deck, jam them in there. Uh, there's a bunch of good ones. There's a few bad ones. I think, yeah. you know, like, I think it's, what is it? The blue-green one, arguably the worst. Yeah, and I still run that in some decks. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> you want that wolf real bad, huh? Yep. Mill, what is it, mill 10 cards? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, too, because in our meta, like, a lot of times, though, lately, I've been like, eh, I'm not going to go get that because, like, so many people are just playing grave strategies, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to mill Muldrotha. Yep. Yeah. Don't want to throw, you know, shit in the grave, and then they're like, oh, thank you, Underworld Breach, and uh, here <laughs> right. we go. Yeah. But uh, uh, the swords are always good, I mean, and my probably one of my favorite equipments, for, if we're going to quickly touch on just some, some Skull Clamp, hands down. Yeah, Skull Clamp is a beast. Yep. Uh, another one that I think is gaining popularity in Commander, and I think it's great, Helm of the Host. Yeah. Helm of the Host. Uh, look up Godo if you want to know what Helm of the Host does, because that deck is literally a CDH deck where your goal is to have infinite combats with Godo. And it's real fast. Uh, I th I'm pretty sure you can Godo Helm on, like, turn two. Yeah, you can get you can get that off real quick. Turn that one, deck. turn two. Yeah, it's disgusting. But yeah, I run I run the helm in a lot of stuff. That Yorvo deck I have, man, it has so many creatures that just ETB slap a bunch of tokens into play. So, helm of the host, man, equip that on the freaking your flying death touch B and just combat, just keep spitting out more. Like, yeah. I, well, it's a it's a four drop artifact with a five five equipped cost that says at the beginning of your uh, combat phase you create a, a token that is a copy of the creature it's equipped to. If that creature is legendary, the the token is non legendary. It is just a regular token. So I mean, I've seen everything from fucking multiple Ulamogs and like just horrific garbage, you know, but. You can even slap it on something if you're trying to recover, like your Elvish Mystic or something. And just yeah. get a bunch of those. Because <laughs> they, uh, they don't exile. They, they stay there. They're token copies of that creature. Uh, and like I said, Godot wins you the game with it if you can, if you can stick it. But, um, yeah. yeah. Helm of the Host, I think. And it's gone up in price lately. Yeah, it has. I, I picked up a couple foil copies of it when it first came out just because it was like, I play a lot of ETB effects, so this is going to be good. Even at a high mana cost, it'll be good. Yeah. I like slapping it on Void Winterwear. Ew. <laughs> and then people just get so annoyed because next thing you know, there's like four Void Winners and like you just can't get rid of them all, so then it just like locks everybody down. Gross. Yeah. That sounds like something I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Stacks from just, the helm. No, you're just like, I'm going to just Terastodon. I'm going to put helm on Terastodon. <laughs> yep. Boom, 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 boom. It's like, oh, nobody has any lands. Yep. But, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, like I said, there's a fucking jillion artifacts out there. We really wanted to talk about a couple that we enjoy playing in, in EDH and uh, steering clear of the mana the mana artifacts um i think we i think we i mean I, I i really don't run that many other than ramp 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is by no means like the best artifacts oh, or anything. No way. It's just like no some disclaimer. Stuff we like don't playing. fucking don't come at don't come for me. <laughs> right. Uh, this, I'm not saying that those were the best. I'm saying those are some of my favorites, and if you haven't heard of them, take a look at them. Yeah, yeah, definitely they're fun ones to play. Most definitely. If uh, if you've managed to stick with us thus far, thank you for listening. Uh, remember the passphrase, Dale. What was the passphrase again? Arcavios is the the plane that Strixhaven is set on. So, okay, that is uh, the passphrase. So make sure you uh, DM that to Dale there and uh, get entered to win. We got some packs. We got some cool poster stuff. Yeah, and those posters are no slouch, man. I I, I want everybody to know that that these posters only premium shops get it and they only get one and they sell for you know 150 200 on ebay like all day like so definitely these posters are a cool prize so don't slouch on it man yeah don't you yeah. want it you're like oh a poster it's like yeah these posters are <laughs> rare though shut up yeah you know but, you'll you'll be happy two three years down the road when your poster's 500 bucks and it's sitting framed in your uh, computer room and you're like yeah you know yep that's just a meal ticket waiting to happen. <laughs> right. But uh, once again, thanks for tuning into the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. I'm Dale. Have a good evening.